to a place in the scripture. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I've, I've been waiting for Romans chapter 8 since we started this series in Romans because it's, wow, if Romans 8 is the greatest book in the Bible from, and, and this is my opinion, you may not think so, but, and chapter 8 is the crown jewel, you, you think about it, and then Romans eight twenty eight through 30, which we'll preach from this morning, is the high water mark. And next week's message, we'll close it out, 31 through 39, is just the pinnacle of all pinnacles um, in the entire Bible. And it, it's, um, we talked about suffering last week. And then, and we're, I, I want us all to read it together. She's going to put up those three verses, uh, Romans 8, 28 through 30, 28, 29, 30. I want to make sure I'm counting right. Three verses. And I, I want you to read it for yourself um, this morning. And uh, the title of this message is Believe It. Um, we read it, but do we believe it? And we know that all things, and two parts of that, we know and all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, I want you to notice something right there. I, I don't know that I, I have it in the, in the predestination that's talking about there has nothing to do with God predestined you to be saved and God predestined those to go to hell. That, first of all, I'll touch on that because that's not true. Um, but that predestined right there is to be conformed to the image of his son. It's talking about sanctification, not about salvation. <laughs> and, and man it gets twisted um, but are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be firstborn among many brethren moreover when he predestined these he also called whom he called these he also justified and whom he justified those he also glorified your sanctification your holy walk, your separation is a work of God, not a work of self. It's a work of God, not a work of self, if you read that for yourself. It's God working in and through you and you being obedient to the Holy Spirit. The, the loss of hope around us today is rampant and it's lethal. It's rampant and it's lethal. And it stems from ignorance, Christian and non-Christian, and a lack of true belief and faith in the Word of God. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. We know, Paul said, but do we believe it? The, 
most Christians talk the talk. Gina hit the nail on the head. Just I could have stopped and said amen to that and we could have left. Because the fact of the matter, most Christians talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And, and that's, that's really sad. But they never truly believe in the, uh, the, the, the trust, the sovereignty of God, that, that God uh, is just all-powerful and, and all-knowing. They never trust in the providence of God, that he's taking care of you, and that these all things work together for good in your life. We use catchphrases. Well, I'm just going through a crisis of belief. May be true. But God has a plan and a purpose that he'll make that work together for good if you believe and trust in him. And, and we, we, have, we have this. We, man, if you're, if you're not coming on Wednesday night, you missed one of the best Wednesday night studies David Jeremiah, but he talked about the, the self-ideology of, of this power of positive thinking. I can get through this by myself. Let me tell you a little secret. You can't without the Holy Spirit guiding you and helping you through these all things. And the, the, the self-help ideology that magnifies human ability is not what the scripture teaches it's not what the bible teaches the bible teaches that the holy spirit is your helper your comforter your guider that's your relationship with god the father and and christ because we're talking about a triune god the trinity and so you have a relationship through the holy spirit and whenever it is a self-help ideology that magnifies human ability, you're not trusting and living within the realm of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you and having a relationship with Him. The truth is, we say we believe all things work together for good until the storms of life come, and and when they come our way, we think, God, why is this happening to me? And, and I don't have all, I, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I believe the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. In other words, saved and serving. The great pastor R.A. Torrey, one of the greatest of all times, knew the true meaning of these verses. Because if you look at it, we just come from groaning suffering, we all hurt, we all, because of sin in the beginning, we all have these issues of life that, that causes pain and suffering. And now Paul says in the very next word, if, if you wasn't here last week, go listen to the message. Paul says in the very next verse, all things work together for good. And R.A. Torrey knew the meaning of that. He said about these three verses, he called them the soft pillow for the tired heart and the heavy and weary mind. There's there's comfort in knowing 
that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. What's that mean? We know all things work together for good. We know is used five times in the book of Romans. Five different times we know. Do you know that? Do you read it for yourself? We know that, that what he's about to say. He says we know. And 13 times the word know is used. In other words, I know this. 13 times in the book of Romans. And when you think of it from that perspective, what's that mean? I know. I, 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 do I really know that? Do I, do I listen? Do I, you know, do I accept it? It, it simply means it should be common knowledge to the Christian, to the believer, to the follower of Jesus Christ. What that says should be common knowledge to everybody in this room. We know that all things work together for good. And knowledge that the Holy Spirit will illuminate to you as a follower of God, as a Christian, as a believer in Christ. The Holy Spirit illuminates that to you. It makes it common knowledge to you that we know all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. And, and the, you know, we need to underline that. You, you ought to have that underlined you ought to have a highlighter on it we know all things you ought to you, it ought to be highlighted in your body you say i don't believe we ought to mark in the holy scripture then don't mark in yours but i'm telling you mine's marked in every bible it's underlined because i want that assurity in my heart and mind that god is taking care of me in all things and 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 and, and i don't <laughs> That means good, bad, bittersweet, crazy, hard, easy, happy, sad, prosperity or poverty, sickness and in health, pandemic, no pandemic, all things, calm or storm, comfort, Suffering, life, death, loss of family, all things. God is working it together for our good. You say, well, why, why does he allow all that? God's not in control, but he's a sovereign God that is working it all things. He, he doesn't control the heart and mind of the Taliban. They're unsaved. But he's in control. It, it's it's going to work out for the Christian. And you say, well, what about all those Christians that are being persecuted and murdered and killed? God's still sovereign God. And, and, and I'm like Paul. To live is Christ, but man, to die is gain. They just got there sooner than we did and don't have to suffer no more. It's a matter of perspective, and do we really believe what the Bible says? We go to a funeral, and yes, loss is hard. I've lost my dad. I've lost uh, all of my grandparents. Loss is hard, but it ought to be a celebration if they're in heaven. 
Now, if they're lost and died and went to hell, that's a whole different matter. But the fact of the matter is that we have to be willing to acknowledge and not just acknowledge and know it, but accept it and believe what God said in this verse is true. All things work together for good. All things. And to be honest with you, until it's just not something that you hear, but it's something that you believe and something that you know in your heart that God is working it together for good in your life and not just believe it, but you've got to put your faith and trust and know what He said here is true. That it's happening. Why? How, How do we know that? Because experience teaches it to us. We can look and see that these things that happened in my life, man, they wasn't very good when I was going through it, but now it's worked together for good in my life. Our thoughts, folks, drive our actions. And until you not just have it here as knowledge, but you have it here in your heart, because the Bible says, For a man thinketh in his heart, in Proverbs 23, 7, As you think in his heart, so is he. You you say, well, I just get all flustered and I get all worried and I get all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it here, but you don't have it here. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We must choose to believe that Romans 8, 28, what it says is true. Rather than just read it and say, and quote it. We teach our kids to quote, do you teach them that it's true and make them to the place that by faith we believe it? Wow. This means that God is working all things. There is no accident with God. And and remember, Joseph, we could use Joseph. Joseph was, you know, you go back and look at his life. His brothers were jealous. They throwed him in a pit. Then they sold him off to slavery. You think about that. And what he went through through all those years from slavery to the false accusations to being placed in prison. He could have really, really, really wondered, is God really working in my life? What in the world has happened to me that my brother's done this to me? And yet, in Genesis 50, 20, he said, You thought evil against me when he spoke to them. But God meant it for good. I went through, through 20 years of, a, of just <laughs> a horrible period in my life that... And I look back on it now, and it was 20 years that, I'm not saying it's meant to be that way, but God took what happened and used it for good in my life. Because it prepared me for what I'm doing now. We must remain joyful during this time. Positive, no matter what is happening in our life. And optimistic. I'm not talking about happy. 
I'm not so foolish that I think, I'm glad this is really going awry in my life and I'm having these issues. That stupidity is what that is. But I'm going to remain joyful during that time simply because my joy is not in my circumstances. My joy is in the Lord. And yours should be too. My grandma, I, I use that illustration all the time. And I li- we lived on a dairy farm. And as I was a kid, from every summer, I spent the whole summer there. And, and then at about 10 years old, we moved to the farm. And, and during that time, every morning, she would leave during the milking and go to the barn or go from the barn to the house and make homemade biscuits. And I'd watch her. And she'd take lard and, I, I, I don't know, probably baking soda or baking powder maybe, and put in that, and, and flour. And she'd say, now go wash your hands and you can knead this, knit it, I, I don't know. But she'd take that and she'd say, put all that and mix it up. Well, I can tell you that when she'd make a cake, I'd like to take the batter and go, hmm, and lick the bowl. Or if she'd make icing, I'd lick the bowl. But there was nothing about lard, flour, <laughs> baking, powder, soda, whatever. There was not one thing about any of that, that, that it, buttermilk. I, I mean, I could drink it, but... I, it just kind of made me cringe. Nothing that she put in those biscuits was good. But man, oh man, oh man. You take all that and mix it up, and then you, she'd put it out on a pan and roll it out, and she'd just go get a can, go clunk, 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 you know, where she'd open a can of beans or something, and stamp them out and throw them in the oven and sprinkle some flour on them. And after they'd start, she'd pull them out and put some, butter on top of them, and I'm not talking about this plastic stuff that's called whatever it is they call butter today. I'm talking about butter where we churned it. Stick it back in and bake them, and I, I, wow, Uh, your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get that thing down, man. Wow. It's that way in life. Some things in life don't taste very good. But all things God is working together for your good. All things. You put them in the oven and they come out and you just... And that's the same way it is with life. We cannot allow our hearts and minds to be overcome by the negativity of the events of our life. Because God is still working it out in your life. And this side of heaven, it's not going to be perfect. It's just not because of sin and what has happened. And when you allow your heart and mind to be overcome by circumstances and don't believe and trust in the truth of God's Word, then you're going to be miserable. It's just that simple. David Jeremiah said... What's down in the well comes out in the pail. And the same thing with you. What's in your heart's going to come out through your mouth, through your negative mind. And let me tell you something. That you must learn to speak positive to yourself and quit listening to yourself. 
Because when you believe the lies of the enemy and you start complaining and criticizing and being negative, it's contagious. It's contagious. <laughs> he used an illustration in that study that we was doing on Wednesday night. He said, I, I, I went through cancer and I can identify with him 100%. I went through cancer and people come up to me and say... My uncle had that same thing and died with it. People come to me and say, my uncle had that same thing and died with it. I'm like, whoo, leave me alone. I don't want to hear it. Complaining. We can complain about what's happening or we can believe that all things is working for our good and believe that God's doing something that we don't have nothing about. Israel asked for a king, and God gave them one. And what happened there? Don't curse, don't nurse, don't rehearse your negative thoughts. Disperse them, get rid of them. Speak positive to yourself and quit listening to yourself. Second, he says, to those that are called or saved, there is a clarification to what we've been talking about or the caveat to this, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. What? To those that love God and are called, saved. Same, that's what he's saying. All of it's not working for your good if you're not saved and you don't love God. I hate to tell you that, but that's just the truth. That's what it says. Those who love God and, and, and are called according to His purpose, in His will, His purpose. Those who love God and are saved and serving is the way that I translate it. All things work together for good. We know it if you're saved and serving God. And love God. There is much discussion and debate about this called and predestination uh, in, in today. And, and, and huge divisions among denominations about predestination. Predestination, I challenge you, never one time applies to a lost person. And in this passage, it's not even speaking about saved people in that part of that verse it's talking about he predestined you look at it he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son in other words the holy spirit's going to work that out in your life and if you're resistant because of your free will the bible says that some are sick and some are dead in other words you wonder why things happen in your life because you're not in the will of God and you don't obey the Holy Spirit. It's called chastening. And for this cause, Paul said, some are sickly among you and some dead. Just that simple. I'm not judging who those are. And I'm not saying everybody's sick. But that's what it says. But predestination never one time speaks about 
applies to a lost person. Nowhere are we taught God predestines people to eternal damnation or condemnation. And if you don't believe that, we are con- if they are condemned, it is because of their refusal to trust Christ. Go read John 3, verses 17 through 19. It clarifies it perfectly. This does not destroy, if you believe in predestination as God sends people to heaven and God sends people to hell, of course he knows because God knows everything. But that doesn't mean he predestines. You say, well, why does it say over, let, let me give you a little clue to that. In Revelations it says their names were blotted out of the book of life, Lamb's book of life. Why is that? Because they chose not to trust Christ. That means everybody's predestined to go to heaven. J. Vernon McGee says it, says it, says it best. And, and it does not destroy if you believe that predestination is everyone was predestined for heaven. It does not destroy the whosoever will may come doctrine. J. Vernon McGee said it best. The predestined and the elect of God are the whosoever wills and the non-elective God is the whosoever wants. Just that simple. There's a sign on the door into heaven that says whosoever will. I'm, I'm not saying that literally, but to clarify this doctrine to illustrate it. And as you go through that door, because you whosoever will chose to trust Christ, you can look back and say, It'll say on the other side, the predestined and elect of God. That's the easiest I can make it for you. It's not complicated. And the fact is, if you believe what the Bible teaches and read it for yourself, this is the most comforting doctrine in these uncertain days we live. Saved and serving. There's a lot I could really cut loose and preach on in this saved and serving or according to his purpose. Simply because there is more to serving God than holding a position in a church. (laughs) There's a lot of people hold positions in church and aren't serving God. They're just a placeholder, a bookmark in a book that they've never opened in the last 20 years. Saved and serving according to his purpose. According to his purpose has a wide array of things we can deem serving in the will of his purpose. And the three I use are three to thrive. In fact, Johnny Smith taught it to me whenever I first started pastoring here. Three to thrive, he'd say. Three to thrive. Three to thrive. And if you want to thrive as a Christian, you better be reading your Bible according to his purpose. You better be attending church. And I'd like to cut loose. I, I really would about church attendance during COVID times, but I just have to bite my tongue. 
and give grace. I understand. But I can tell you that that does not mean that you're not watching live on Facebook on Sunday morning somewhere or you watch it sometime that every Sunday they're out playing. And you're all here. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm aware. But folks have used COVID for an excuse. I don't care. You get mad at me, you can leave right now and go out the door and slam it and never come back. But that's a fact. They've used it for an excuse not to be in church. Not watch it. Backslid because of it. My Bible still says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. My Bible still says, study to show yourself approved. That means read your Bible, attend church, and spend time in prayer. That's three to five. You're not going to have a relationship and be in the will of God saved, love God, saved, and serving, called according to his purpose, unless you're doing those three things. And that can be a wide array. I've known some of the best Christians in my life that never was in church, but they were watching something on television. They were spending time in their Bible Shut-ins that I know the power of God's on my life because I know they're praying for me. Never was a time that I visited Joanne Ellis after she was sick and couldn't attend church. She'd say, Preacher, I prayed for you this morning that the power of God rested on your life while he was preaching. You may not be able to do some things, but you, as long as you've got breath, you can pray. Giving. I don't say much about giving. It's another one, three to three. You can't outgive God, folks. You say, you think that to tie, that's Old Testament philosophy, then give 20%. You say, how much do you think we should give? Whatever you can. It's clarified very much in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Whatever you can. But it's from the abundance of giving that God blesses you. And I'll promise you, the people that I know, the more you give, the more God blesses you. I've told Russell Anderson's story. He was a drywall contractor. Started out his own business, him and his son. There's a university named after him in Hammond, Indiana, still to this day. And now there's one in Lexington, Kentucky that he started blessing. He's probably up in his 90s. He said, I started giving all all I could. He said, there was times I had to help my kids. He said, I couldn't give 10%. He said, and and my business struggled. I couldn't give 10%. I just give what I could. I give what I could. I give what I could. And still was trying to pay my bills and do what was right. He said, I finally got to where I could give 10% of my personal paycheck out of my business. He said, then I started giving 
and the business prospered. I started giving 10% of my personal paycheck, and at the end of the year, I started giving 10% out of what the business made. He said, that year my business growed by $25 million the next year. A single drywall contractor. He said, I give 10% of my payroll. I give 10% of the business. I give 20%. The last year, he said that I, that I heard, heard him speak. He give $40 million away. He's in Chicago. He's one of the largest dry, I, I don't know now, but he was one of the largest drywall contractors, commercial drywall contractors in the United States at one point in time. You can't outgive God. The more you give, Jesus said it, not me. It just heaps up and rolls over. It's like a laundry basket. You put stuff in and it, it just comes back to you. You can't outgive God. Those that are saved, called, serving according to His purpose. These are all part of according to His purpose. Using your gifts and talents are part of serving. Witnessing to others are part of serving. It's, it doesn't have to be here. Serving God. There's a whole lost world out there that if all you're ever going to do is come in here and serve God, then you've lost the point of the mission is out there. The missions at the ball game I went to last night. The mission is at your midget football or basketball. All those lost people that you're interacting with. The mission is at your work. The mission is at the grocery store. The mission is your next door neighbor. Serving God is witnessing somewhere other than in this building. We all know Christ, or the majority do. We don't need to hear your testimony and your witness near as much. Yeah, we need it to encourage, but near as much as they need to hear it. It's not about me and about you. It's about them trusting Christ and hearing the testimony of God, how good he's been to you, and they'll want what you have. These things are all under that umbrella of saved and serving. And let me tell you something. You say, (laughs) I I heard Kelly admonish Bonnie Wednesday evening. (laughs) You're not done until you're dead. That's what, that's what she said. You're not done until you're dead. Job said, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. Think about that in lieu of all that Job went through. Lost his family. Lost his fortune. There's one more all things. And I'll close quickly. Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That, that includes this passage. He's, I'm sure he was reminiscing. Yeah, all things are all not good, but I can endure. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Folks, I, 
I don't think any of us know where this country's headed, what's going to happen with the pandemic, what's going on in the Middle East. I, I listened to a, a guy this week talking about all that that's happening over there is just deforming for, before Armageddon. He had the verses, I, I, you know, talking about it. I don't, I'm not a prophet. I, I, I don't know prophecy well. I, I can read it. I listen. But we definitely can't control every and all situations. It's impossible. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can. What I can do is I can, I, I know God does. He is a sovereign God that's all-powerful and has all authority. And he's working it together for our good. His providence, his divine guidance in the Christian is without fault or favor. He's taking care of us. It's for everyone that loves God and is called and serving him, saved and serving But there is something that you can control, and I can control, and that's our hearts and minds. How? By believing the scripture, this verse, all things work together for good. By believing the promises of God and knowing that the biblical principles of trust and faith, and optimism. God's in control. God's working it together for good. His providence is guiding my life. And I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm supposed to do, serving God. I'm going to believe that He's got it under control, and I am going to talk to myself through Scripture rather than listen to myself through the enemy. And if the enemy comes to me in form of one of you with negativity, I'm not going to listen to you either. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. If God be for us, who can be against us? This world is not our home. We're just passing through. You've got to know that God loves you. You've got to know that God has a plan for your life. And there may be a hiccup along the way. But you still got to put your faith and trust and believe that he's working it out. Or he will. Do you believe that? Do you trust him with your life? I sure hope so. Because if not, you're going to be miserable. Just that simple. You're not going to be one with joy and a smile. If you're all the time fretting 
over the events of life. Let's stand.